When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to All Steelers Talk, your home for everything Pittsburgh Steelers, presented by AllSteelers.com. What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined every Friday by my main man, Derek Bell. Find us on YouTube.com slash Talk or anywhere you get your podcast today. It's Browns week. We are two days from the final regular season game of the Pittsburgh Steelers season. I don't even want to ask anything else before I ask this. And I know I, I have my set questions in the beginning here, but uh, do you think this is going to be the last week of the Steelers season? I think that is the biggest and most important question everyone is wondering. Man, I really hope not. Uh, as I'm in full draft mode already, but I, I'm ready to continue this thing, man. I, I want to play. I want to play for another week. I want to have another one of these podcasts where we get to preview a game. So I really hope not. I think uh, you got to be pretty grateful for how things have played out for the Steelers over the past couple of weeks. You know, um, everything that needed to go right for them has went right. And um, also, you know, what do they say? Like fortune favors the bold or whatever. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Steelers have taken care of their business, too. So, you know, they, they've kind of put themselves into this situation to where they could potentially get lucky and. Uh, we'll, we'll see if it happens, but I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, like I said, I, I just want one more week at least, even if that means, you know, uh, going into a playoff game where they're probably going to be, you know, huge underdogs and potentially get drummed. I, I still want to have a chance, you know, to get into the dance. Yeah, I do want to get into at some point whether or not they could actually compete in the playoffs because that's obviously a lingering question, but we got a lot to talk about. The first thing, it is a little snowy. It's cold outside. It was beautiful yesterday, so, you know, classic Pittsburgh weather. I could only imagine Kentucky is the same thing, probably times like 1.5 as usual. How you feeling, yeah. my friend? Feeling good, man. Uh, like I said, I'm I'm in full draft mode, so it's been uh, – I've been just tape, tape, tape all week, but it's uh, it's been a fun week. Got to some interesting prospects. Um, really excited about this Browns game, too. Uh, I low-key, man, I, my buddy uh, – my buddy's been sending me – uh, ticket updates for Sunday's game. He keeps like trying to inch me towards like heading up to Pittsburgh <laughs> this weekend. If I wasn't going out of town in two weeks, I low key might might have done it. But um, but yeah, I- I'm jealous of everybody that's going to be there. I think it's going to be a fun game, regardless, even if there's you know not very much to play for on the Cleveland side. Yeah, it's it's still Cleveland Browns, and even if there isn't much to play for for the Browns, there's you know being able to eliminate the Pittsburgh Steelers from the playoffs is enough. If this was reversed, you'd be sitting here telling me yeah well you know there's not much but this is still a meaningful game because you get to kick the browns out of the playoffs which is easily a victory for cleveland uh going away in two weeks that's uh exciting i do want to drop a little tidbit because we do give our fans of the podcast i think a little bit more inside than we give anybody else anywhere and we like to drop a little bit of things i don't think you knew this was coming and i'm not going to lay it all out there but you said that you were driving diving into draft week heavy you know, maybe this week, maybe next week, depending on the Pittsburgh Steelers outcome on Sunday and a couple other games, 
we got some uh we got some big draft stuff coming i'm very excited about the big draft stuff derek's got a a lineup of some things that everybody should probably pay attention for so and that's all i want to say but it's a uh, it's exciting stuff. It's exciting stuff. Uh, let's dive into the playoff matchup here. The Steelers-Browns, obviously, we will get into that. There are two other games that decide the fate of the Steelers' playoff hopes. The Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots and the New York Jets at the Miami Dolphins, which will be headlined not by Teddy Bridgewater, not by Mike White, not by Zach Wilson, <laughs> not by Tua Tagovailoa, by Joe Flacco. And Skyler Thompson, Flacco will start for the Jets. Thompson will start for the Dolphins with Teddy Bridgewater out with a broken pinky. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? I saw people on Twitter saying, I don't know if I'm excited about this or not. I, I mean, it's Joe Flacco. He's he's done the Steelers a lot of wrongs. Maybe this is a maybe this is a good. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what to think, man. I asked this question on Twitter yesterday. I, I'm really not sure what to think about um that Jets Dolphins game I mean it has the potential to be just historically ugly um I watched the Dolphins Patriots game really in entirety last week leading up to the Steelers game um the Dolphins I don't know what they're gonna do with the Tua situation you know I hate I hate that his season has been so heavily impacted by the concussion stuff um hopefully he gets well but i don't know what they're going to do with the backup quarterback situation like teddy teddy is definitely a spot starter caliber guy that you want in that role but teddy hasn't been healthy like he's he's played in like several games this season he hasn't finished them yeah so then you're down to like skylar thompson who i believe was like a seventh round pick or something like that Mm -hmm. um and i've watched him multiple times this season live um have not been very impressed so I don't that's the thing like with the Dolphins I don't know that I have a ton of faith in Flacco um, just because I remember watching a bunch of their tape before we uh, the Steelers played them in week three or four or whatever that was wasn't too impressed he was putting up a lot of garbage time numbers but I will say like I think I have more faith in Flacco than I do Skylar Thompson if that's what it comes down to I know Teddy's kind of like up in the air it seems no no as of McDaniel's as of today, it's Skylar Thompson. It's Thompson. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I I definitely have more faith in uh Flacco. The only thing is to um the Jets defense, which has been like extremely good all season long, they didn't look good last week, um, no. in my opinion. They're they were kind of um having some issues on the defensive side of the ball that I haven't seen. So that's worth noting too. You know, Miami does have, regardless of who the trigger man is, you know, Miami has probably you know a top two receiving core um in the league or receiving duo with waddle and hill so i mean you know we'll see what happens man but like i said um you know the steelers have given them themselves a chance to get in and you just kind of got to pray that everything happens but you got to take care of your own business first and that's, that's yeah kinda what i'm worried about 100 percent. you got to focus on cleveland that's the steelers first hopes i will say that i talked to i think there was like two or three steelers guys that i was talking to yesterday and they told me that their worry is Jets Dolphins because in in the words of one Steelers player, Buffalo is going to smack New England. And I was like, oh, all right, well, I yeah, we I don't think I don't think we got to worry about that. no, no, nobody's got to worry about. <laughs> we thing... almost lose to Skylar Thompson. That's why Skylar Thompson looks good is because you were watching the game on Sunday. I was listening to it as I was driving, and you were like, New England's about to lose to Skylar Thompson. Like this is that was your thought until Kyler Duggar took that pick six back for a touchdown. Your thoughts were they're going to do this. That's how bad new England is. That's 
the thing is new england's offense is so dysfunctional um that it has pretty much just torpedoed their chances this season to make any type of noise the only thing i will say about uh speaking of kyle duggar um i talk about duggar a lot on twitter but duggar's a baller (laughs) like that dude that dude is a baller I, i love watching that dude uh he is a like film junkies dream um so yeah uh, Ryan has a good question. Chances Bills set the starters if Kansas City wins on Saturday. Um, we'll see. I, I don't yeah. know. I think that actually – I'd have to run the scenarios. But it, it seems like um, – it seems like that's probably not going to happen. Uh, I, I've, I've listened to McDermott talk a little bit. Of course, a lot of their focus has been um, on DeMar Hamlin, which, you know, thoughts and prayers brought to him. It's awesome that we're getting some good news regarding his health. Um, so. But it seems like Buffalo is – plan to win the game this weekend so um and i also will point out that buffalo is missing like five or six starters when they play the steelers uh, early in the season and <laughs> buffalo's backups on defense are still really good so yeah buffalo buffalo top to bottom is extremely good um they have one of the deepest rosters i, th- I think in the league so even if they do decide to sit some guys to pull some guys maybe later in the game i still have enough faith that like New England's probably still not going to be able to move the ball against them. Yeah, and at the same time, like, you know, speaking of the Cincinnati situation, if you're the Bills, you're not trying to give your guys two weeks off, essentially, to say, okay, like, now we're going to head into the playoffs and have to play somebody after we just rested our starters for two weeks. So at bare minimum, I feel like they'll at least play a half, which is probably enough. Like, you give yourself a half and then put Case Keenum out there. I trust Case Keenum a little bit, you know? Yeah. I think I think if we're doing like a um, let's just call it like a uh, a dangerous index like oh yeah it's not not worried at all about the Pats beating the Bills um, slightly worried that the Browns could beat the Steelers but not really and then I uh, you know I have no clue what's going to happen in that Jets Dolphins game I mean that one's a complete toss up to me yeah. I don't even know how you could. Um, credit to, you know, I have some Jets Dolphins follows on Twitter. Credit to anybody trying to break that one down because uh, I got nothing for you. I got no, nothing you got... for you. It's going to be a complete crap show. <laughs> hey, crap show somehow works in the Steelers. But that's all right because the last time Flacco played a good game against a bad team was the Browns. He threw for four touchdowns. So, you know, yeah. just got to keep a little bit of hope alive. Um, the other side of that, obviously, we talked about Bills and Patriots. Steelers got to beat the Browns. The Steelers have some news. The Browns have some news. I want to get into all that, I think, first. Now, let's stick with the playoffs. I like the playoffs. I think we got a good flow going with the playoffs here. The Browns, they'll have Deshaun Watson for the first time against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Meanwhile, on defense, they got a little bit of some weird headlines going on. Did you see the Tomlinism used by Miles Garrett today? Man, I that that debacle on that side on that uh side of the ball for Cleveland. I have never – I don't really recall ever a player coming out and saying some of the stuff that Clowney was saying to the media. Um, and here's why I think, just from Clowney's perspective, it's really weird because I, I think that – I've always gotten the impression just with, like, Clowney, I think he has a little bit of, like, overinflated value of himself. Oh, yeah. And I think Clowney's a good player. Like, Clowney's one of the better edge run defenders in the league. Um he can kind of be disruptive as a pass rusher through stretches, but like, he's just a good role player. Like he's not a superstar. So like when you come out and say 
the best player on the team is getting preferential treatment. Like if you're a coach, isn't it your job to put your best players in positions yeah. to succeed? I didn't like, get that and what he's and just so what he's talk like what he's talking about to fill y'all in um, is that he's talking about uh, basically Cleveland has done a better job in recent weeks of like moving Miles Garrett around. So what they've done with Garrett um, and it's been really successful. Like for one, Garrett can pretty much beat anyone one on one, but he never gets one on one matchups. So what they've done is they've put him on the interior and designed some. Um, different structures and their front to get him like one-on-one, the one-on-one opportunities against guards and Clowney's kind of been upset that he's not getting those looks. But the thing is like, again, like I said, like Garrett is Garrett's the franchise. Like he's, he's the best player on that team by far. One of the best defensive players in the league. Of course, the defensive head coach, like the defensive coordinator and the head coach are going to go out of their way to make sure that he is the game wrecking force that they need him to be. So just kind of a lack of self-awareness from Clowney. Really weird. I I definitely think it was the right call from them to send him home. I mean, he's not going to be back next year. You don't want to let that distraction kind of linger in the locker room. Uh, but it is bizarre. I, I thought it was crazy that that came out. Um, you know, didn't just come out in the locker room, but like got out to the media. and the Got way out to the media. Kind of, yeah. It was crazy. In crazy. week 18. Like that's the thing that doesn't make sense to me is how did it be held back all season long. And then week 18, he was just like, I'm just going to pop off. Like who cares? We're just going to stir the pot. And then in his final quote, he's like, ah, there's a 5% chance. I come back. No, there's not. Not after what you just said, like there's a 0% chance you're coming. It seemed like he was almost insinuating that like, you move on from Miles Garrett. I know. No, I think it was more of like moving on from like Joe Woods, their defensive coordinator. Okay. 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 But their their defense has played better in the past uh, over the past like five six weeks. Like it's it's been a lot better than it was because um, coming into the season, like you looked at the Browns roster, I thought that they had some issues in the middle of their defense. Like their defensive tackle situation, their inside linebacker situation was a little problematic to me. Yeah. But on the edges, you know, you got Clowney and Garrett. You've got uh, JOK as a speed weak side linebacker. You've got really a really really good set of corners. You know. Uh, pretty much, I would think that 90, 95 percent of the league would be willing to take, you know, Denzel Ware, Greg Newsome. Martin Emerson's had a decent rookie year for a corner. That's always a tough transition. And then they've got Grady Williams, who, you know, he's a guy who has contributed since he's been drafted. He's kind of like kind of fallen to the wayside at times in their rotation. So that was a defense that had some high expectations that they really weren't living up to. But over the past like four or five weeks, it's been better. So I'm not sure that they move on from Woods. But again, that was what I think he was a, like referring to, which is kind of crazy to me because it's like, dude, you're a good player, but you're not a player that they're going to go out of their way to change their entire scheme or, you know, replace a coach for you. Like, no. it's just, I, I just, like I said, I think it just screams of like lack of self-awareness um, just to me. And it's just, it's very odd. It is very odd. You don't see that a lot at the professional level. Uh, you see it a little bit. At the professional level, you just don't see it. Su- I wouldn't say super media. often to the media. Yeah, yeah, to the media. Usually it's a leak. But yeah, he was super open. And the craziest part is he's on a one year deal. So it's not like the Browns were like, we value was, you as a superstar. And that's his choice, too. Like he has been yeah. wanting to go year to year with everywhere that he's played for, yeah. you know, three, four years now. It's just, it's the whole thing's just odd to me. He's, it's an odd situation, but that's Cleveland. You know, sometimes the Browns Brown and that's just what it's just what it be. That's just what it be. But it is stirring the pot a little bit. It's definitely got to add a distraction 
for the Browns defense. I want to talk about the Browns offense, though. Deshaun Watson, this will be the first time that Steelers get a hold of him this this week. First time in a long time. I asked a couple of guys, do you just watch the small sample size that you've gotten this season, or do you go back two years? And a lot of them said you can't really go back two years. That's too far to kind of check out a player. You kind of understand who Deshaun Watson is, and then you just evaluate what you have this season. When you watched the tape, did you see a serious difference from Jacoby Brissett to Deshaun Watson? At the time, Jacoby Brissett wasn't playing terrible when he faced the Browns or faced the Steelers and beat the Steelers in week three. No, he played really well against the Steelers uh, in week three. I mean, there was there was legitimately – there was a lot of good reps. I mean, just going back to that game, I did watch – I didn't watch too much of the offense stuff because I feel like the Steelers are different on offense now, a little bit different on offense now, and I just – different quarterback. The Browns' defense has changed so much, so I didn't really think it was pertinent to watch that. But I did watch um, the Browns' offense. Brissett was really good that night. He was really accurate. Um but the Steelers had a lot of trouble uh, stopping the run. They had trouble containing Amari yeah. Cooper. They were that yeah. was when Akilah Witherspoon was kind of um, still being like the number one guy to um, kind of match up with him, and he really struggled that night. So um, that is going to be very different. Like the, in terms of like stylistic differences, Jacoby is a like throwback type pocket passer with a good arm who doesn't really want to do too much out of structure. He's not a guy that wants to move a ton. He wants to hang in the pocket and throw. Uh, Watson is a different guy because he's an athletic um, passer who does like thrive out of structure, um, but can create some things from inside the pocket as well. Um, But, you know, just in terms of like how their offense has changed, I think the numbers would probably bear it out too if I had to look, but it seems like a little more play action. Um, yeah, that's what I was, doing... that's what somebody told me. A player told me yesterday is there's a lot more play action. Yeah, a little more play action, and then just like there has been times where they noticeably tried to get him out on the edge too, and you're not gonna mm-hmm. be able to do that with a guy like Brissett. So getting him on the move and having him, um, you know, just outside the pocket has been, you know, has yielded some decent results. Watson ha- looks really rusty to me. I mean, he looks like a guy that hasn't played football in two two years, and. The quarterback position, um, we talk about this a lot on the draft podcast too, but the quarterback position is such a timing-based position. Um, Split seconds really matter a ton in the league because the windows are a lot smaller. Yeah. Um, And and Watson's a little bit of a chaotic quarterback anyway. Like he really likes to play out of structure. He sometimes invites pressure. His pocket navigation can get a little murky from time to time. He just looks rusty. And I got figured that that was going to be the case. Um, but no, make no doubt about it. He has not played well, and the Browns are going to need him to play much closer to the version that he was at Houston next year, or else this thing could go pretty sideways quick. Because the guaranteed money, that's it's going to be. It could it has the potential to be a disaster like nothing else we've ever seen in the NFL, and that includes Russell Wilson's contract. Wow, because, that's a big statement because of the guaranteed money. Well, yeah, it's a big statement. That's a bad. It's a bad. Year here's the deal. Situation. Here's the deal. And I, I've I've listened to podcasts about, and I'm not a huge podcast guy. It says the podcast host, podcast co-host, but <laughs> I've listened to podcasts. Host talk. of two podcasts. Let yeah. me yeah, that. Yeah, I've listened to people talk about the Russell Wilson situation because it's fascinating to me. I, it, it really is the situation that Denver's got going on. It's one of the more interesting storylines. Um, but you can get out of Russell Wilson's contract, right? Like. 
if they wanted to move on next week or a couple weeks from now when the yeah. you know when the league year opens um for like a hundred million dead money yeah obviously a ton of dead money a ton of dead money but it's not talking 250 double that yes we are talking yeah. double that for watson yeah so like i said potentially catastrophic like organizational sinking cost type of stuff that gets everyone in the organization <laughs> fired there is there's a lot hanging on the balance of that dude's shoulder dude we have <laughs> talked about the cleveland browns for 10 minutes now and what we've talked about is how their two defensive stars, at least one defensive star, is fighting with another one and using Tomlinisms to describe it, and how they might be in the worst quarterback situation of all time if it doesn't turn around next season. It's good. It's a good yeah. time to be brought. And I'm not. I, I, I'm just trying to keep a level head about it. You, I, I I am not to the point where I am extremely worried about Watson. I was going to uh, say, really do you not. think he turns like around said, next year? Like, do you think he's showing enough that you're like, eh, or has shown enough in the past that you're like, yeah, Watson can still be a difference maker. I mean, he's yeah. still young. Um, I got to, we, we got to see what this looks like next year, but here's the thing. Like his off the field stuff is not going to lend him any, you know, he's not going to get much leeway in the national yeah. media or the spotlight or anything like that. So that's the thing. Like next year, if things go sideways, even in the first month of the season, Stefanski's jobs on the line, Barry's job on line. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that could happen pretty quickly next year. If they get off to a poor start, especially with him. So we'll see what happens. Another big thing you talk about, like their stars, maybe not, um maybe not pertinent to like the future or just but to this game like Denzel Ward's questionable and yeah Ward has been playing I I came on this podcast when they played Cleveland early in the season I was telling people Mike Denzel Ward not playing well right now man like they the Steelers can 100% go after him because he was he was really struggling early in the season which I've always thought he's a really good player uh was not playing very good ball for the first half of the season that has changed drastically over the second yeah. half. He's He looks much more like the player that they thought they were getting when they paid him. Last week, I went back and watched their defense against Wentz, who's a disaster, by the way. I, I don't know why so many of y'all think he's so talented. I've never gotten it. But anyway, that aside, uh, he was locking Terry McLaurin up, and I think McLaurin is like top 10, top 15 type receiver. So um, yeah. he was locking him up. So if he doesn't go, that's a huge blow. Uh, regardless of the other cover guys that they've got in the secondary, that's a huge blow to their defense on Sunday. That is a huge blow to their defense on Sunday. On the Steelers' side, though, Minka Fitzpatrick is also questionable. So is Miles Jack. Don't expect him to go. I don't know. Like, I expect Minka to go. I feel like Minka's going to be fine. If he doesn't, though, that's even that's uh, possibly bigger than anybody in Cleveland not going. Yeah, the Minka thing um, obviously really needs to – be in the Steelers favor like they they need him out there he was he was named team MVP today um and that to me was a no-brainer decision yeah, no uh, yeah Minka, I do want to get into that at some point yeah Minka not only has not only has he been the Steelers best player this year he's been one of the best safeties in the league and you know even though they do have you know quality players um on the defensive side of the football with wide back and you know I trust KZ he, he he's a little bit of a gambler but I do trust him. He's just like, he's not Mika Fitzpatrick. And like in a game like this, that you absolutely have to win to get into the playoffs. 
you really need your best players. So um, hopefully he's good to go. Um, I guess we'll have to just see kind of how that plays out. Do you expect Mark Robinson to start again next to Robert Spillane? Because I don't don't expect Jack to go. Like from what I hear, Jack's groin is completely torn. He's just kind of working through it to see what he could do. But it does not sound like it's going to be good for him. I kind of, I don't know. I, I don't know what to think. Um, They're playing Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Like, it is a running football yeah, team. I don't know what to think, man. That that game plan that the Steelers defense had last week was really good. I mean, it, it's oh, yeah. it's so funny because I feel like they did a lot of the things that we were talking about on the podcast last week. Load the freaking box. And they took it to the extreme, man. Like, yeah, they literally followed our instructions. See, you don't see very many NFL teams roll out like 4-4 defenses. And no. that's exactly what they did. Dude, was, there was one corner on the field for – 55 percent of that game it was, it was awesome because like the, like i said last week uh somebody somebody was commenting on the video to him was saying that we were taking the ravens playmakers uh for granted and i was like brother the ravens playmakers stink like stink, stink. so um and we saw that on sunday but it is what it is um <laughs> but no it's it is going to be a different it's going to be a smash mouth um kind of matchup for sure i mean the browns what they like to do. They want to run the football. Nick Chubb, one of the best uh, running backs in football. Uh, one of the things I kind of want to note about the Robinson thing, and I just think it's pertinent with the Ravens run game or with the Browns run game, excuse me. Um, Nick Chubb, when like the Browns like to do a lot of, a uh, lot of run concepts, like power gap concepts where they pull a bunch of guys. Um, Chubb actually leads the NFL with 123 carries where like there's pulling offensive linemen on those carries. He's averaging 5.6 yards per carry. Oof. So right. they're like, he, you know, leads the NFL in those attempts, you know, he leads the, he's second in the NFL in yards per game. And guess who is number, number one, that's JK Dobbins who has given the Steelers a ton of issues <laughs> over the past two match- matchups. Yikes. So that's just some of the things um, you saw, like, I'm sure that you guys are watching the game, but just combing through the tape, um, the Ravens all the time over the, the their two matchups were pulling like the backside, um, backside guard, backside tackle, getting into the hole. The Steelers did seem to have a better counter for that this time. Um, but you're going to see a lot of there's going to be a lot of similarities because Baltimore is a power gap heavy team. So is Cleveland. So there's going to be some similarities and some type of game plan carryover, I would imagine, from last week to this week. The biggest difference is no matter what you think of Watson, and like I said, he's really struggled. Yeah, he's a lot better than Tyler Huntley. Yeah, he's like, no Tyler Huntley. <laughs> I did. I just I wanna I wanna be very clear about that. Uh, Tyler Huntley is not a. Um, I don't really think Tyler Huntley is a real NFL quarterback, and like no. in terms of even a spot starter, I don't I don't really think he's um, a capable passer. So that's that's the difference. Uh, but the the Browns they're going to play a lot of heavy personnel. They're going they like to get into 12, 13, 21. They use fullbacks, tight ends, stuff like that. You see that. a two six two formation. That's again? what I'm talking about. The four 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 six two, like wh- whatever you guys want to call it. Um, it's gonna. I, I do think we're gonna see some like four down linemen stuff. Um, if if the Browns do elect to go with a bunch of like twenty one, yeah, uh, personnel or even twelve, they might play a little bit. The thing that is a little bit difficult too with the Browns and Joku hurt them last or early in the season. Um, so the Browns, I think their philosophy or I think what Stefanski wants to do with Watson whenever he gets back to himself, if that happens, I think what he wants to do is play a bunch of 12 personnel 
with Njoku, maybe they draft another tight end to pair with him and they pass out of those situations, kind of like the Pats used to do. Um, Teams that can, you know, kind of dictate formational alignments and still throw the ball. um, That's kind of dangerous. And I think that's what Stefanski wants to do. I just don't know if he can do it right now because Watson's not playing his best ball. So, yeah. And they also have Harrison Bryan as their backup tight end who, you know, is good at times, not good at other times. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be uh, it'll be an interesting. I'm just excited to see Watson. If we're being honest, I'm excited to see Watson in Heinz Field or Acrisure Stadium get a first look at what this is going to look like. Because whether or not anybody wants to admit, Deshaun could stink for the next three years. The Cleveland Browns are rolling with Deshaun Watson. They're not going to not roll with Deshaun Watson. So I want to see what that atmosphere is like in Pittsburgh. I want to see how the players react to that situation. I want to see how the teams react to that situation. I feel like it was like a Miles Garrett is the face of the franchise. Now it's kind of rolling over to a Deshaun Watson might be the face of the fa- franchise. And this is, a, I, I mean, to me, it's a, it's a headline matchup. It's very, very important. I do want to talk about the team MVP that you brought up earlier in Minka Fitzpatrick. And then Kenny Pickett won rookie of the year. I agree with you. I, I don't think there's any question Minka is the team MVP. There's no like most years you kind of felt like, oh, it's TJ Watt, zero questions asked. That guy is just so dominant. I feel like with Minka, the defense has been so rocky all season that you kind of forget at times that this dude is putting up ridiculous numbers. I mean, he's got a career high six interceptions. Last year we were talking about, it wasn't us. We were not talking about it, but a lot of people were talking about, has Minka lost his spark? You know, he's not doing what he used to do. Is he trying to do too much? It was so stupid because he came back this year. He's got six interceptions and a touchdown. And the dude is by far the best player on the Steelers defense, I guess, outside of TJ Watt, who hasn't played most of the season. Easy, easy question. Kenny Pickett went in rookie of the year. That's by the pro football writers of America. I got a vote in that. Um, I did vote for Kenny. I will be very open about that. There was some argument or some backlash that it should have been George Pickens. Did you do you agree with that or do you think Kenny was the right move? I probably would have went with George just because the full body of work, but I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with them giving it to Pickett either. Um, especially with what Pickett's done the last two weeks, leading game winning drives late in the game. So I don't have a problem with the, with the, um, the voting process of that. I probably would, would have went with George because I feel like the level of play has been a lot more consistent over the course of the season. Um, but again, I don't, I, I don't have an issue with it. Um, I think it's awesome. You know, we, we talked at length on the draft pod um, earlier this week about, you know, his development and some of the things that he was able to do against Baltimore that I thought were really, really important, crucial to the outcome of the game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's good, good for him. I'm, I'm happy for him. It's no. good. I agree. I agree. Uh, my thought was, so I was told by, you know, the the president of the PFWA, wait until after the Baltimore game to cast your vote. Just to, And in his words, it was like, just in case George Pickens has three touchdowns. And I was like, okay, so apparently people think that George Pickens is going to be the guy. <laughs> and then Kenny goes out and does win the season. Yeah. And I was just like, well, there's no, I can't vote for Kenny Pickett. Like there's people I'm out here trying to come up with t-shirt ideas because I think that the dude, you know, is the face of Pittsburgh for the next 10 years. I can't be like, oh, it was George Pickens. It was probably George Pickens. But I will say this. I will. I do think that next year, if it was, if we had next year's team in Pittsburgh right now, where it was a year of Kenny Pickett developed, a year of this offense flowing together, George Pickens is probably like a 1,500-yard 
receiver, 10 touchdowns, ridiculous year. And I would say it's easily, easily George Pickens because that's half the battle. Half the battle of the season was the fact that he did everything he did. And then there were those games where there was zero catches or one catch for two yards or whatever because the quarterback play was just so eh and the offensive coordinator play was just god awful yeah i think that's a good point too i would think that if you want an optimist take and i'm very much a realist some people can confuse that with negativity it's a you're skeptical bro yeah (laughs) um i'm a realist uh, about the whole thing but if you want an optimist take and this is really something that i kind of believe in honestly um if you watch the tape the Steelers weapons are good and there are a lot of opportunities in the past game that still aren't being converted and if you're a believer that what we saw against Baltimore with Pickett out of structure if he can do that consistently um moving forward and he kind of regains that confidence and that effectiveness that we saw at Pitt when you combine that the offensive line who's been better than expected, the run game who's that's been really good over the second half of the season, you start getting some more consistent quarterback play in the pocket, and then you, you know, get a better offensive coordinator. This is going to end up being, I think, a pretty solid offense. I, I think if that's oh, what you yeah. want for an optimistic, optimistic take. Now that's obviously. You know, that's that's assuming that you get an upgraded OC. Yeah, that's it's a, like that's you, assuming, some good things have to happen. Yeah, that's assuming yeah. that the quarterback uh, development continues on the right track. And, you know, we talk all the time about quarterback, you know, development's not it's not linear. It's not guaranteed. It's not always mm-hmm. going to be, you know, week to week like it has been recently. Um, but I do think, you know, there's reason for optimism moving forward for next year, regardless of what happens. What, regardless of what happens this week, I think that you got to feel a lot better about the Steelers this version of the Steelers heading into 2023 after the past month. So, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think the Steelers look good right now. Like it's like, and they don't look good. That's the craziest part. The Steelers do not look very good, but they look much better than they have looked. They look like a team. I think that's the biggest part is they look like a team. Like the offensive line looks good. They look like a unit. Even if there are mistakes, the running game looks very good. The depth looks very good. The quarterback looks very good. The play calling is still very iffy, but at times it looks good. The defense looks good. It's just like pieces that you've wanted to see all season that you're just seeing now. Right? They have they have an identity on offense. Yes, like for the first time in yeah, two years. The, yeah, for the first time in forever, it seems like they, they're able to run the ball. And like I can't really express how important that has been to their turnaround on offense. Yes. They have been able to – they've been so much better on first and second down, getting themselves into manageable third downs. A lot of, you know, the, the biggest number probably increase over the first half of the season to the second half has been their effectiveness on third downs, which has yep. allowed them to sustain drives. But that really has been a benefactor of being better on first and second down, like we always talk about. Um, and that's because they're running the ball better. You know, they're, they're getting those like four or five yard runs consistently. And it's been very beneficial to them um, getting into better situations on third down. Yeah, 100%. And you can only expect that to get better. Possibly. Like you said, if you get a better offensive coordinator, if things click. I think at this point, though, a couple answers, a couple questions have been answered because of this. And that is, I have a hard time, and you guys talked about it in the draft pod two weeks ago, I think. I have a hard time believing that the Steelers changed much on their offensive line because of how much that has clicked in recent weeks. I have a hard time 
believing that they're going to go get a big splash wide receiver because I think that they like guys like Steven Sims and Gunnar Olszewski and Miles Boykin. And I just they I mean, need they need two there there needs to be two things bare minimum. And we we can talk about other upgrades that they could potentially get, like minor pieces. Yeah. But I would really like to see them do as we sit here today. I'd like to see them upgrade either left guard or left tackle. Yes, which will however, be left guard. However you want to do it. Upgrade one of those spots with a premium like a premium draft pick, meaning like first, second round. Yep. And then they need to get a they need to get a slot receiver. I, I I'm not see discounting. I don't I don't think they do it. See, I think they do. I think they do. I think no, right no now, discount, no discount on Steven Sims and that, but play, I think that, that they, play that he made. But I think that they have too much faith in the group as a whole and then the expectations for Calvin Austin. I think they're going to look and Calvin Austin's not a true slot guy, but they're going to try to make why, him one. That's why I'm a yeah. little, I'm a, I'm a little, I'm a little up and down about that. Cause I don't, I don't really know how the projection for Austin's going to go, but I, don't I also think, think there should be one right now. I think that you have no idea what a Liz Frank's going to do to a dude who runs a four, two. And I think that they're, that's going to depend on two, who the offensive coordinator is. It doesn't Agreed. like because the off the slot receiver position it really doesn't matter a ton in this offense right now because of what Canada's scheme asked that position to do. But having said that, I definitely I, I still think I, I I would be I would bet take bets on whatever anybody wants to put up that one of those three picks is going to be a receiver, and I don't want that to be the case. I just want to make oh, that known. One of those first three, I always forget that they have two second rounds. I want maybe I want. I, I could say maybe. I don't. I don't. Maybe. I'm not saying it's going to be like Jordan Addison, nor nor should it be. No. in my opinion, but I I do think that one of those first three picks are going to be a receiver. I think maybe, and it's I probably going to be somebody. If if I if I had to guess, I think it's going to be somebody that is going to operate primarily out of the slot because I think they they like what they have on the outside. Like Deontay, they've moved him around a little bit more, but yeah. you know him as the X, George can be the Z kind of field stretcher while he continues to refine the other route running aspects of his game. You get a true slot receiver. My preference is that they go out and get a slot receiver that can create some yards after the catch. That is what I think that they lack the most. Yeah, agreed. Someone that can work the middle of the field, but also create some yards after the catch. I have a couple names in mind, but I'm not going to drop them right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want you to hold back on those, but I agree. I could see that. The, now that you've mentioned the the two in the second round, I could kind of see it. I could kind of see it. I'm not going to admit it yet, but I could kind of see it. Um, I. There's one t- I disagree with the Kenny take. I don't think OC is the issue. It's just the quarterback. I I don't know how I don't know how you watch the Steelers and think that. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. I mean, I think there's a lot of confusion sometimes when we talk about like different aspects of the team. It doesn't always have to be one or the other. Like yeah. we can talk about singular things and like address those positions individually, but the blame game is not always one or the other. I think that, that we, we need to show a little bit more nuance with those, with those takes. I mean, there's definitely things that Canada is still struggling with in terms of like operating a passing game. There's, you know, there's, there's not, he's not doing the receivers any favors in terms of like scheming those guys open. It's very, it's not a creative passing game at all. Like you can watch other NFL teams and you can see that this one, like this offense just looks different. Um, and that's not me making excuses for Kenny, um, I'm just, I'm just pointing out the fact that, you know, the dude's not being done many favors by that offensive coordinator. No, like Kenny has a lot, not. Kenny has some stuff that he definitely needs to improve on. I've talked at length about, 
um, especially inside the pocket. But, you know. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got two. There's two questions in here I want to address before we get to our picks. Um, one is, well, I lost it. Chances William Jackson plays on Sunday. I would say zero right now. I think that the Steelers plan for William Jackson is to let him practice these next couple of days, hope they make the playoffs so that he could continue to practice and then just see what they have in him. You know what I mean? Let him get warmed up, let him see what's good. And then he'll come back next year. The Steelers could hold on to William Jackson until August before they have to cut him and won't lose any money. So you might as well just hold on and you're not going to put a guy out there that has never played for your team in week 18 and be like, Go ahead, buddy. Amari Cooper just smoked our cornerback one in week three, but we'll give you a shot. You haven't played since October 19th. So I would I would say that it's more of just like a let it feel out at practice type of situation. Let him get his feet wet. Nothing. Uh, I, I don't think it would be a, a good chance that he does play this week. This one's kind of for you. Any players that you think are playing for their roster spot next year if the Steelers season ends on Sunday? That's a good question, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Um, but that is probably a good way to look at it. I, I think just in terms of um, – we talked about Mark Robinson. If he gets his chance, I think that this could be a good opportunity for him. The sample size is so small right now. Um, I think – I don't want to put the cart before the horse in terms of, you know, getting ahead of myself and thinking, you know, he's going to be in the rotation next year at inside linebacker. Because I still do think – um, I do think that there's going to be some change there. I do expect Spillane back. We talked about this on the yeah. podcast last week too, but um, Robinson potential to play himself into a role next year. Um, you really, I, I want to make sure that we express this too. Like when you're a day three pick, you have to shine really, really bright in order for the like coaching staff and the organization not to look over you. You just don't get yeah. the same opportunities. You don't get the same chances, the benefit of the doubt that higher round picks do. And that's just, that's how it is in the league. So if, if, uh, you know, if Robinson wants to put himself in that conversation to be a starter next year, ball out this weekend, like make, make mm-hmm. sure that you leave something in the back of everybody's minds. And then I would also say, um, I'd also put like Leal in that conversation too. Um, just getting more playing time, other young guys like, you know, Dan Moore, you know, big time matchup. We we talked about this a couple weeks ago, but he's played better over the second half of the season. If he wants to um, keep that starting job next year and make the Steelers think twice about, you know, trying to go get one of these premier left tackles in the NFL draft come April, he needs to play well in these types of matchups against Miles Garrett. Because yep. here's the thing, like we talked about, Garrett's not going nowhere. So nah. if you're the left tackle of the Steelers, you're going to have to deal with him twice a year, bare minimum. So you better be capable and show very well in those matchups when given the opportunity. I think they're going to give him plenty of help, but I'm interested to see what he, what, how he does there too. Yeah. I, Dan Moore was my first pick. I think easy Mark Robinson and Leal are on there for, you know, obvious reasons. I think Levi Wallace is also on that list. I think they like what they see out of Levi Wallace, but he's going to get an opportunity. One last opportunity. I feel to play against a pretty hard guy to cover in Amari Cooper. If he plays well, I, I'm, I don't think he'll be the Steelers starter next season, but I do think that they could keep him as that rotational piece. I don't know if that's a lock right now because I think they'll bring back a Kello. I think they'll bring back William Jackson and then they'll bring it back Levi Wallace and then hopefully resign Cam Sutton and then draft somebody. So it'll be a pretty loaded cornerback room that they're going to have to narrow down to like three or four guys. 
and every those three guys, Jackson, Witherspoon, and Wallace, will each have like cap hits that they don't necessarily want to take on if they don't have to. So I would say those are those are big ones. Uh, Zach Entry is out here. I don't think Zach Entry is on the list because I think the Steelers like Zach Entry. I think it's more of is he going to get a Jesse James offer to go somewhere else in the off season or. You know, is he going to be able to come back to the Steelers at an affordable price? Yeah, I I, I really could. As far as Gentry, I, I don't really have a ton of thoughts on that. If they want to bring him back, cool. If not, I feel yeah, like it's, they can it's kind of just like replace. whatever. It's Connor Hayward. I would be I would be really surprised in terms of William Jackson. I'd be pretty surprised if he was back next year. Now, well, maybe, he's going to be back for the summer. He doesn't yeah, take yeah. a cap hit until August. I just I'll be pretty surprised if he was in the fold mainly just because um, of the cap hit. Now, if we're talking about him saying, Hey, I'm, I'm willing to reduce, you know, I take think a that pay, would happen. I think take that a pay cut in order to stay where I want to stay. Then I, I definitely, um, I, I think am cool with that. They're, I think the, they'd figure that out. I think they'd extend them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they'd work some salary cap magic to where yeah. he doesn't take a big cap hit really ever. And he's going to have to understand that that's like, it's not like he's going to go hit the open market and get a major contract again because he didn't play well with Washington. You know, yeah, it's, it's going to have to be a pay cut in my opinion. Just that's the only kind of way that I see him here. And I would still be kind of surprised by that, but you know, the Steelers, that's what I kind of, I kind of wondered when they traded for him. I'm not really sure. Like, is, is this back issue? Like, is he, is he ever going to be healthy? And that's the, yeah. Um, you know, you can use these next couple months to, to figure that out. Um, I see people in the comments too talking about um, the Steelers' offense in 2004. Man, y'all, y'all not doing y'all or anybody else any favors by comparing Ben to Pickett. Man, y'all, y'all are just y'all are setting yourselves up for disappointment and unrealistic expectations. Y'all, y'all gotta stop with that. Yeah, I've it's... been trying to tell y'all that for months, but Ben was a different Ben was a different cat. Um, he on was a, better, a different cat. On and a better I, team. On a better, on a better team, team. But and a I think it's, very different cat. <laughs> yeah, and came in here as a very different cat. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the and that was the difference. You know, like that's why Ben Roethlisberger or Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback taken in the first round of a draft where quarterbacks stunk, and Ben Roethlisberger came in with what three hall, two Hall of Famers. If Eli makes it, when did he come in? Eli, who was in his draft? Eli River, Philip Rivers, him. So he might be one, but at least three Pro Bowlers right there. Kenny Pickett might never, he might be the only quarterback in that entire draft besides Brock Purdy, whoever starts a game after this season. That's how bad this draft is. So it's just a totally, totally it's, different situation. It's just not fair. It's, it's, no, not, it's fair not fair to expectations Kenny to or him. the fans or to the team. <laughs> yeah. And like, I know, I know everybody keeps like saying like just off the wall type of stuff. And I'm not saying that some of the stuff y'all are saying is wrong just in terms of, um, in terms of like, hit the surrounding talent but y'all gotta understand man like ben, ben was a top 10 quarterback like when he stepped in the league like yeah. that does, for one that doesn't happen very often i mean like yeah. i like the recent examples are probably like patrick mahomes herbert even mahomes didn't do it as a rookie so like maybe he would have yeah he, he didn't would, really get the opportunity played. i guess um, yeah herbert it's just, it would be herbert like let 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 kenny be kenny and let, let's yeah. let's let Kenny be Kenny, and then let's see where this thing goes. I think I just think that there's a lot of um, there's a lot of issues, man. When we start comparing like rookie quarterbacks to Hall of Famers, I just I don't I don't like that. I understand why you guys do it. It's just we we gotta quit the well. This hat like it's just not 
it's not right. It's not good. I don't think it's healthy discussion either. So <laughs> it's self-inflicted wounds. Nobody wants to do this. All right. Really two more. Um, anywhere on that Thaddeus Moss and what his role could be. He did not sign with the team. I don't know what that means. I think as of right now, that was probably more of just like, a, you know, we're, we'll test out Thaddeus Moss to see if we do want to add him to the practice squad. If they did add him to the practice squad, I could see him as a reserve contract. Definitely not somebody that they're going to bring up to the active roster this season. I think it was more of just like a, you know, just see what they could be working with. Maybe swap out tight ends late in the season or bring him in, you know, as a practice squad guy to work as Harrison Bryant or David Njoku. That's how I kind of looked at that one. Um, And then the last one here, playoff chances are slim, but. If the Steelers did make the playoffs, who would they rather play? Everybody in the Steelers locker room, the answer is Cincinnati. I think the more important question is, would it be Kansas City or Buffalo? Who would you rather play if it was Kansas City or Buffalo? Neither. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I I don't have an answer for this one. There's zero. Neither, man. I I really I don't I don't want to I don't want to get people's hopes up man no, it's I, a zero I, I think the Steelers probably get smoked by either team but um but my thing is I don't I don't care about none of that I don't care about the result of it like give yourself a chance let's play one more week of football before we got to get into the offseason I think just from my perspective and this is something that I noticed last year when I was doing when we were really doing the pod the offseason's long man we get into those dog days of like summer and like post draft but pre oh, dude you're telling me training camp i'm not gonna feel. sit there and be like just scroll half my job is just to scroll the internet and be like huh nothing huh still nothing spend yeah. 12 hours of nothing awesome it's, it's awful. tough man so like i i just i don't want to i'm not ready for that yet even yeah. even though i i'm already admittedly in you know full draft mode i just i want to i, I want to play play some more football and I want to have one more week to preview, even if it, you know, doesn't, doesn't end up going their way. And I also think like from the Steelers perspective, this could be huge experience. You got a lot of young guys. They got a really young offense guys that haven't been in the playoffs. Um, You know, you got a quarterback who's obviously never played in a game like that. So even getting that type of exposure, even if they get waxed, which would probably be what happens, it's still valuable. Yeah. You sent Kenny Pickett two to Arrowhead or to Buffalo yes. in the first round of the playoffs next year Still when valuable. they're a better team, he's he's already been there. You know what I'm saying? That mm-hmm. is humongous. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, and then uh, Anthony tossed this one out there, which I feel like we got to answer. I know this pod's going long. What are the matchups getting Derek pumped up for for the final game? I don't even exist. I guess <laughs> uh, Jack Conklin's not playing, so Watt will probably have a big day. I would assume. Um, I think Highsmith had a sack last time against Cleveland too. Yes, so, he did. Um, and Jedrick Wills is a good player. I, I like watching him on tape. So um, I think this the big thing for me too is just like I talked about watching the inside linebackers. Spillane played really well last week. I know we we continue over recent uh, weeks. I feel like talking about how his play has improved, and you know you got to give credit where it's due. So I'm interested to see how the middle linebackers um, play in terms of taking on those pullers and stopping this run game. Those are some things I'm looking for. I hope Ward plays because I really like watching him and Deontay Johnson go at it. So I'm hoping that that's a matchup we get to see. I'm not sure if it is or not. Um, Trying to think of other things. That's pretty much it. I already mentioned Miles Garrett and Dan Moore too. Like that's definitely something that um, 
you know, we're going to need to figure out, see, I think this is a good barometer for, you know, Morris progress and where he's, where he's at as we head into the off season and try to figure out really where the Steelers need to upgrade on that offensive line. Yeah. Agreed. Anytime more and Garrett match up, you got to watch that and you got to say, Hey, this is, this is the bar. How well can you compete against the bar? I agree. All right, let's get into picks here. Pittsburgh Steelers week 18 Acrisure stadium hosting the Browns. What's up Deshaun Watson. They walk in two and a half point favorites. Feel like feels like it's been a while since we've said the Steelers are favorites. Two and a half point favorites, 40 and a half over under, which I do not know if you've been paying attention, but that is a huge spike in recent weeks. 40 and a, that's 20 points a team right there. That is almost unheard of for the Pittsburgh Steelers this season. Two and a half points, Acrisure Stadium, one o'clock game. They'll obviously have all the scores going on. So you know that. You know, it's just going to be a little extra juice. There's going to be a little extra something going on in the air there. How you feeling? What are you feeling? I want the Steelers again. Oh, wants the Steelers again. I, I want the Steelers. Um, I'm trying to think of what I want points-wise. The over-under is the thing that I struggle with, man. What I really need Tough. to do next year when we do the pod, I'm going to make a, a note to myself. I'm picking either the over or the under every week. So that's what I'm going to do. And then I'm probably <laughs> likely to get half of that. And then if I get like three fourths of my picks on the spread, then I'm, that's not bad. Great, uh, then I'm in a great spot. So uh, next year I'm just flipping a coin and whatever it lands on. That's, that's what I'm going with for the week, the over under. Um, I want the Steelers. Give me the Steelers. What's the weather like Sunday? Is it good? Let's look it up. Let's look it up on the good old phone here. Oh, it is not looking good right now. No, no. Sunday, ooh, Sunday high of 39, low of 27. High of 40, it just adjusted as I looked at it. Low of 40, 27. Rain or anything? Cloudy, just cloudy. Give me uh give me 23-17 Steelers. 23-17. Yeah. Okay. Steve, I like that, but I don't like that at all, for being honest. I don't know how I feel about that one. How about this? I'm, I'm going to flip it up on you. I'm going to get a little crazy here. Okay. Don't know how good I feel about this, but I'm just, I, I, I'm going to get a little crazy on it. <laughs> I think this one's a little high scoring. I think, you know, the, the Browns offense kind of does what they need to do. Nick Chubb. I get that JK Dobbins is JK Dobbins. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb. That's a whole new level of football player. I think he finds the end zone at least twice. Deshaun Watson might score a touchdown. I'm going to go Steelers. I'm going to stick with the Steelers, but I'm going to go over here and I'm going to say, 30 to 21 Steelers. And I don't know how good I feel about that one. But, you you know, make the playoffs, don't make the playoffs. You score 30 points in week 18, you're feeling real good heading into the offseason. Real good heading into the offseason. And it's a game where it's not super competitive. I don't expect it to be like, oh, my gosh, this is coming down to the wire. Steelers are going to take care of business. That's how I look at it. Feeling good about it. Feeling good about it. I, I went to go make a chart. I'll have that chart next week because I have everything but week 15 accounted for because in my sticky notes, I lost week 15. But it's all right. I'm going to go back and find it, and we'll have it next week and compare who uh, who had the better season. And the record's probably going to be like 2-16 and 16 to 2-3-15, and or three and 15, if I had to guess. No doubt. All right, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Talk. Find us anywhere you get your podcasts and check all of mine. 
and Derek's workout at allsteelers.com. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully I'm back on Monday with Steven and some playoff football to talk about, but we will see. Peace. 